Welcome back, everyone, to another fantastic episode of the Biome Podcast, where the wonders of wildlife come alive through your speakers. I'm Graham, your host. Now, if you missed the first two episodes of this season, we're going to do things a little bit differently. Each month, the podcast will have a theme that extends through both episodes of that particular month. There will be a question or a way for our listeners to get involved with each theme as well, which I am actually very excited about. The theme for February will be the fascinating topic of winter. We'll explore adaptations as well as species. What's the most interesting winter animal fact that you know of? Something that you think about probably fairly often. Let us know. Send in your stories, experiences, or even photos via social media channels, uh, or email them to us at questions at thebiompodcast.com. In our next episode, we'll delve into some of your fascinating encounters, your reflections, and your answers. Also, if you have suggestions as to what themes to use, please send those in as well. Now, with that being said, let's take a dive into our animal spotlight section. Let's embark on an extraordinary journey into the realm of wood frogs, where nature's wonders come to life, basically every spring. These remarkable creatures with their unique adaptations and enchanting life cycle are a testament to the resilience and beauty of the animal kingdom. Wood frogs are found in various habitats across North America, from the damp forests of the Appalachian Mountains to the chilly bogs of Canada. They are well adapted to survive in challenging environments and are known for their fascinating life cycle, which involves metamorphosis, like other frogs, yes, and a complex mating ritual, as well as a few other interesting tidbits. As we delve deeper into the world of wood frogs, we'll uncover their incredible ability to freeze and thaw without harm, a survival strategy that sets them apart from many other amphibians. This Adaptation, along with their intriguing mating habits and varied uh, distribution, makes them a captivating subject for nature enthusiasts and conservationists alike. So join us on this thrilling exploration of wood frogs, where you'll discover the secrets of their survival and the importance of their habitat. Wood frogs, like most amphibians, exhibit a fascinating life cycle that involves, obviously, metamorphosis. This process, which is crucial for the survival and reproduction of the species, is marked by distinct stages that are influenced by environmental factors such as temperature, humidity, and food availability. The wood frog's life cycle begins with the egg stage, where fertilized eggs are laid in clusters called egg masses. These egg masses are typically found in shallow water and can contain up to about 2,000 eggs. Wood frog tadpoles hatch from their eggs within about one to three weeks, depending on the water temperature. Tadpoles are entirely aquatic and take about two months before they change into an adult. During this time, they feed on algae and organic matter in the water, gradually developing legs and lungs in preparation for their transition to a terrestrial life cycle. In terms of parental involvement, wood frogs exhibit limited parental care, as females lay the eggs in clusters and protect them for a short period before leaving. Once hatched, 
tadpoles are left to fend for themselves. Now, as the tadpoles grow, they undergo a remarkable transformation, developing legs and lungs and losing their gills. The metamorphosis of the wood frog is a critical stage in their life cycle, marking the transition from the aquatic larva to the fully functional terrestrial adult. This process is initiated by hormonal changes within the tadpole and is heavily influenced by environmental factors such as temperature and food availability. As the tadpoles grow and develop, they undergo a series of changes that prepare them for the life on land. The process begins with the absorption of their tails, which serves as a food source during this time. Concurrently, the tadpoles' lungs continue to develop, allowing them to breathe air and adapt to a more terrestrial life cycle. Simultaneously, the gills are reabsorbed and the development of limbs begin. The hind legs emerge first, following the, uh, followed by the forelegs. As the limbs develop, the tadpoles become more adept at navigating their environment and begin to explore their surroundings. Now, it's during this time the wood frog's diet also shifts from an aquatic-based diet of algae and organic matter to a more terrestrial-focused diet of insects and other small invertebrates. This dietary change is essential to prov providing the necessary nutrients for the continued growth and development of the frog. Finally, as metamorphosis nears completion, the tadpole's tail is fully absorbed and the froglet emerges with the necessary adaptations for life on land. The entire metamorphosis process takes about two months depending on the environment. Now once fully metamorphosed, juvenile wood frogs, also known as froglets, leave the water and begin their life on land. They feed on insects and other small invertebrates, gradually growing and maturing into adult frogs. Adult wood frogs can live for several years, with some individuals reaching the age of seven or eight. However, their life expectancy is influenced by various factors, such as predation, disease, and even habitat loss. Mating season for the wood frogs is typically occurs in early spring, when the males gather in breeding ponds and emit a distinctive quacking sound to attract females. The females then lay their eggs in the water and the cycle begins anew. Throughout their life cycle, wood frogs face numerous challenges, including predation, habitat loss and disease. Wood frogs, uh, the tadpoles at least, face numerous predators, including aquatic insects like dragonfly larva or Bellastomatidae, which are known as toe biters here, but they're found pretty much most places in the world, fish, and even larger tadpoles. As they transition to a terrestrial lifestyle, uh, lifestyle though, they encounter different threats, birds, snakes, and other small mammals. Yet, despite these challenges, wood frogs have adapted to survive in a variety of habitats, showcasing their remarkable resilience just to show how highly adaptable these amphibians are, we can take a look at the habitat requirements, which are relatively straightforward. These amphibians thrive in both terrestrial and aquatic environments with specific preferences for each type of setting. Now, as tadpoles, they're obviously going to be found in an aquatic environment. So they are usually found in vernal pools. Vernal pools serve as the primary breeding ground for these amphibians, providing a safe environment for their eggs to develop. 
Now, a vernal pool is a temporary seasonal body of water that forms in a shallow depression in the ground during the spring months. These pools are typically free of fish and other predatory species, providing a safe environment for certain amphibians, like the wood frog, to lay their eggs and reproduce. Vernal pools are also an essential habitat for many species as they allow for the successful development of their offspring without the threat of predation. And during the summer and fall months, these pools generally dry up, leaving behind a variety of plant and animal species that rely on the temporary water source for their survival. You can also find wood frogs in permanent pools, and wood frogs are also well adapted to permanent pools. However, these ponds are more likely to have predator populations established, like fish for example, which is why they aren't generally considered a primary environment. But if permanent pools aren't considered a primary environment, even less so is slow-moving streams and marshes. They can be found in slow-moving streams and marshes where they can find food and refuge from predators. However, these aquatic habit habitats are often used for foraging and serve as a secondary breeding ground when ponds and vernal pools are not available. Now that we've spoken about the habitats a bit, imagine a map stretching from the Great Lakes to the Gulf of Mexico, from the Atlantic coast to the Great Plains. This vast territory is home to the wood frog, and they thrive in the eastern half of the United States, or of North America rather. From the deciduous forests of Georgia to the coniferous forests of Canada, wood frogs have made their home in a variety of habitats. You'll find them splashing around in wetlands, swamps, vernal pools, where they've adapted to survive in fluctuating water levels and temporary water sources. These hardy creatures are no strangers to harsh environments and seasonal changes. They can even survive being frozen solid during the winter months, but we'll get more into that a little bit later. This incredible ability, though, to tolerate cold temperatures has allowed wood frogs to expand their range across diverse environments, making them a fascinating subject for any nature enthusiast or curious listener. Now, what are some of the factors affecting habitat and distribution? As our wood frog friends traverse the eastern half of North America, they encounter a variety of habitats and face numerous challenges. So let's explore some of the key factors that influence their habitat and their distribution. First one is climate and temperature. Wood frogs are cold-blooded creatures, which means they rely on external temperatures to regulate their body heat. As a result, they can only survive in areas with suitable temperature ranges. They are most active during the spring and fall when temperatures are just right for their amphibious lifestyle. Another um, factor is water availability. As they're aquatic creatures, wood frogs depend on water sources for breeding, feeding, and shelter. Vernal pools, swamps, and wetlands with temporary water sources are their preferred habitat. However, Change in precipitation patterns and climate can alter the availability of these water sources, which could impact wood frogs' habitat and distribution. Another factor, the third factor, is wood frogs have a diverse range of predators, including snakes, birds, and even larger frogs. These predators can impact the wood frogs' distribution by preying on them in certain areas, causing them to avoid those locations 
or to uh, move out of those locations in search of safer habitats. Another more recent one is human intervention. Human activities such as deforestation, pollution, as well as urbanization can significantly alter wood frog habitats. And these changes can lead to habitat fragmentation and loss, which can in turn affect the wood frog's distribution. And then the last factor is competition. Wood frogs share their habitat with other amphibians and animals, and competition for resources can influence their distribution. For example, if a particular area has limited food or shelter, wood frogs may be forced to find new habitats to thrive in. So as you can see, a wood frog's habitat and distribution are shaped by a complex interplay of factors, from temperature and water availability to predation, human intervention, so as we continue to study these fascinating creatures, we gain deeper understanding into the intricate balance of life in their unique ecosystems. So let's talk a bit about a year in the life of a wood frog. We'll start with the springtime. In the springtime, wood frogs engage in a fascinating mating ritual to find their partners. The males, eager to attract a female, croak loudly to announce their presence. This cacophony of croaks is music to the female's ears as she seeks out the most suitable mate. Now, while the exact criteria of their selection remains elusive, it is believed that factors such as a male's croaking volume, frequency, and persistence, as well as his physical attributes like size and strength, may influence a female's choice. She seeks a mate that will provide the best chance for the survival and success of her offspring, ensuring the continuation of the species in the most optimal way possible, obviously. Once a female is drawn in, the male will grasp her from behind in a position known as amplexus. Basically, the male holds on to the larger female like a backpack. This embrace ensures that the female's eggs will be fertilized by the male sperm and that other males cannot sneak in and fertilize the eggs. As the mating season comes to a close, the wood frogs have successfully ensured the continuation of their species, all while providing a captivating display of nature's wonders. But before that, as the mating season reaches its peak, the fertilized eggs of the wood frog are carefully laid by the female, in a suitable location, obviously, such as a pond or in a damp shaded area, and these eggs, which typically number in the hundreds, are meticulously arranged in small clusters. And this provides the perfect environment for the growth and development of the new generation. The eggs undergo a fascinating transformation, with the embryo developing within the protective casing. Over time, the embryos grow and mature, eventually hatching into tadpoles that are equipped with gills, allowing them to breathe underwater. Now, these tiny creatures embark on a perilous journey, navigating their aquatic environment and avoiding predators as they grow and develop into fully-fledged frogs. Try saying that five times fast. Throughout this process, though, the wood frogs' parents play a crucial role in ensuring the survival of their offspring. By choosing the right location for egg-laying and providing the necessary care and protection in the egg, they lay the foundation for the continued success and growth of their species. But how much care and protection do they actually provide? In the captivating world of wood frog 
parenting, it is essential to understand the delicate balance between care and independence. While the mother frog plays a critical role in the early stages of her offspring's life, it is the responsibility of the young frogs to seek out their own path. Throughout the mating season, the female wood frog carefully selects the ideal location for her eggs, ensuring um, that they are protected from predators and have the best possible chance of survival. Once the eggs have been laid, the mother frog leaves her brood to fend for themselves, allowing them to develop and grow independently. As the young wood frogs hatch into tadpoles, they begin to explore their aquatic environment, honing their survival skills and developing the necessary adaptations to thrive in their habitat. Although the mother frog may occasionally return to check on her offspring, it is ultimately up to the tadpole to find their own food, avoid predators, and adapt to challenges in their ever-changing environment. As tadpoles mature, they undergo a remarkable metamorphosis, transforming from aquatic creatures with gills to amphibians um, being capable of living on both land and water. This process is marked by the growth of limbs, the development of lungs, and the reabsorption of their tail, which we've spoken about already. Then, once they reach adulthood, we've already explored the new set of challenges they face, like finding food and mates, as well as avoiding predators. To survive and thrive, the wood frog relies on its innate adaptability and resourcefulness. By developing a keen sense of smell and hearing, as well as strong camouflage, the wood frog is able to evade predators and locate the resources they need to survive. In the end, the wood frog's journey from tadpole to adult is a testament to the resilience and adaptability of this remarkable species. We have spoken about the wood frog's life in spring and even through the summer and fall months. But what do the frogs do when their environment is covered in snow? How does a cold-blooded creature survive when it cannot regulate its body temperature and keep warm? Well, that's where the wood frog's adaptations go to a whole new level. Wood frogs have developed a remarkable overwintering strategy to endure the harsh and unforgiving winter months. These strategies have allowed them to survive in environments where many other amphibians would perish. One of the most fascinating aspects of wood frog overwintering is their ability to freeze and thaw. Now, I don't mean they just go a little cold. I mean they freeze. During the winter, these frogs undergo a process known as freeze tolerance, where their bodies produce cryoprotectants, special molecules that help prevent ice crystals from forming and protect their cells from damage. In the wood frog, these cryoprotectants are urea and large amounts of glucose from the liver. As the temperature drops below freezing, the frogs enter a state of dormancy, with ice forming in their body cavities and even between their cells. When cells freeze, the ice crystals can damage the cells or even rupture the membrane. And despite the fact that some of the cells may freeze within the wood frog, the wood frog has special adaptations that help the cells regenerate. But generally speaking, they pump this urea and large amounts of glucose from the liver into the cells of the animal, which stops the internal cells from, well, which stops the ice from forming internal or inside the cells. Despite the fact that some of the cells may freeze when the wood, uh, within the wood frog, 
The frog has developed special adaptations to help the cells regenerate when they get damaged. However, the wood frog would not be able to survive if more than 65 to 70% of total water in its body froze. Now, when the temperature begins to rise in spring, the wood frogs thaw and resume their normal activities. This remarkable ability to freeze and thaw isn't unique amongst wood frogs. It's just well studied. There is a frog in Japan that might be able to withstand colder temperatures than the wood frog even. Now, another critical aspect of wood frog overwintering is their choice of hibernation sites. They often seek shelter in the leaf litter where they can stay insulated from the cold environment. This choice of hibernation sites allows them to stay protected from predators and the extreme temperatures, ensuring their survival until the warmer months arrive. It's essential to understand their unique strategies for overwintering and survival, which can provide valuable insights into conservation efforts and the protection of this remarkable species. Now, wood frogs possess a unique set of adaptations that enable them to survive in the harsh seasonal environments. These adaptations can be broadly categorized into three main areas, physiological, behavioral, and morphological. So let's look at the physiological adaptations. We've already spoken about the freeze tolerance. Wood frogs have the incredible ability to tolerate freezing um, during the winter months. This is achieved through the accumulation of glucose in their organs and tissues, which acts as a natural antifreeze, preventing ice crystals from forming and causing damage. As the temperature drops, the frog's heartbeat or heart stops beating and they enter a state of suspended animation. When temperatures rise in the spring, they thaw, and since their cells are still good and not broken, um, haven't been shattered by ice crystals, they resume their normal activities. But what happens to the cells that don't freeze? They go through, because the frog isn't breathing, they start anaerobic metabolism. In times of low oxygen availability, such as during dormancy or while submerged in water, wood frogs can switch to anaerobic metabolism, allowing them to continue generating energy without the need for oxygen. This adaptation enables them to survive in oxygen-poor environments, such as stagnant pools or during winter when they've partially frozen. Because when they're partially frozen, obviously their blood stops pumping, so their cells aren't getting any oxygen. Now, in terms of behavioral adaptations, uh, wood frogs are skilled at burrowing into the soil or the leaf litter where they can create a protective microhabitat that helps insulate them from the extreme temperatures and desiccation. This behavior also provides them with a safe haven from predators. Obviously, wood frogs have camouflage. Wood frogs have a mottled brown or reddish brown coloration that helps them blend in with the surroundings, making it difficult for predators to detect them. This coloration also helps them regulate their body temperature by absorbing or reflecting sunlight. Now the last bit is the morphological adaptations. So the limb adaptations. Wood frogs have long powerful limbs that allow them to move quickly and efficiently through their environment. Their webbed feet also provide them with additional surface area for swimming, making them more adept at navigating aquatic habitats than you might think. Female wood frogs lay their eggs in clumps that are attached to vegetation and shallow water. This adaptation allows or helps protect the eggs from predators and from drying out, as well as ensuring that they are submerged in water when temperatures rise, providing optimal conditions for hatching. 
as well as having such a short um, tadpole stage, as this means that they can use vernal pools without worrying about the pool drying up before the tadpoles are able to go through metamorphosis. By employing these various adaptations, wood frogs have been able to thrive in a wide range of habitats and successfully overcome the challenges posed by their seasonal environments. I think we're going to end this animal spotlight section there. It's already getting a little longer than I anticipated. But there's just so much fascinating stuff about these wood frogs. But stay tuned and we will have the technical section in just a few moments. Welcome to the technical section of the episode. This is a section where we look at some idea, concept, theory um, that in the world of zoology and or ecology and explore it. So let's get right into it. As the first frost paints the leaves and the wind whispers of colder days, many of us turn inward seeking warmth and comfort. But for countless creatures across the globe, winter isn't a time to hide away. It's a season of remarkable resilience, a testament to the power of adaptation. And today we're diving into the fascinating world of winter survival strategies in the animal kingdom. So buckle up because we're about to meet some truly incredible champions of the cold. First, we'll journey to the frozen forests of North America, where a tiny amphibian defies logic by literally freezing solid. Then we'll take flight alongside millions of majestic butterflies on their epic journey south, a testament to the power of cooperation. And finally, we'll burrow underground with a furry friend who embraces a different kind of winter sunblows, one filled with physiological marvels. So grab your metaphorical mug of hot cocoa, because we're about to explore the wonders of winter survival, one amazing adaptation at a time. So are you ready? Imagine this, you're chilling outside on a freezing night, your breath turning to mist. Now imagine being completely frozen, your heart stopped, your body a popsicle. Sounds impossible, right? Well, not for the wood frog like we spoke about earlier in the episode. The wood frog is a tiny amphibian, living proof that some creatures do throw the coolest and the coldest winter parties. These incredible frogs call North America's frigid forests home, facing winters where temperatures plummet like, snow, like a snowball down a mountain. But instead of migrating or hibernating, the wood frog pulls off a trick that would make Houdini jealous. It freezes solid. Yep, you heard that right. Up to 65% of its uh, body water turns to ice, yet it somehow still survives. So how does this icy magic work? Well, it boils down to the special type of antifreeze produced by the frog's liver. This syrup of glucose floods its cells, preventing ice crystals from forming inside where they could wreak havoc. The ice forms around the cells like a protective shell, while the vital organs stay cozy and, well, unfrozen at least. Maybe not cozy, but unfrozen. The wood frog's incredible adaptation is a testament to the power of adaptation and the amazing diversity of life on earth it's a reminder that everything even in the harshest environments life finds a way sometimes in the most mind-blowing ways now forget about migratory birds which we all know about when it comes to epic journeys the monarch butterfly is one of the top 
We did talk about this one a few episodes ago, so if you're interested in hearing more detail, check out Season 2, Episode 24 on migrations. But these delicate creatures embark on a multi-generational migration spanning thousands of miles, a feat that would even that would put even the most seasoned adventurer to shame. Imagine this. You're a tiny butterfly in Canada, facing the bite of the approaching winter. Your options are to stay and freeze, or to join a million of your friends on a breathtaking adventure south. It's a no-brainer. That's exactly what the monarchs do. But their journey isn't just a casual stroll through a butterfly buffet. They face treacherous winds, storms, and predators, all while navigating by the sun and the Earth's magnetic field. It's like having an internal GPS powered by sunshine. The incredible migration isn't just about escaping the cold. It's a carefully timed relay race passed down through generations. The first generation lays eggs along the way, creating new butterflies who continue the journey south. Eventually, they reach their winter haven in Mexico, where more than one generation can overwinter in massive clusters, clinging to trees like delicate orange ornaments. But this epic saga isn't without its threat. Habitat loss and pesticide use are putting these fluttering ambassadors at risk. Luckily, conservation efforts are underway. But more needs to be done to ensure these aerial acrobats continue their awe-inspiring dance across continents. Well, not across continents. At least across one continent. The monarch butterfly's migration is a story of resilience, cooperation, and the incredible lengths nature goes to survive. It's a reminder that even the smallest creature can achieve extraordinary things. Now, while butterflies take to the skies and wood frogs freeze solid, other creatures choose a different tactic for winter survival. Hibernation. Imagine curling up in a cozy den, your heart rate slowing down, your breathing barely a whisper. That's the life of a hibernating mammal, a master of metabolic efficiency. Think furry friends like bears, groundhogs or bats. As winter approaches, they prepare for their slumber party and they pack on extra fat reserves, reduce their activity levels, and their bodies undergo amazing transformations. Their heart rates plummet and their body temperature drops. The metabolism slows down to nothing but a crawl. They're basically living on minimal battery power. But hibernation isn't just a long nap. It's a carefully orchestrated process with multiple stages. Some hibernators, like bears, experience periods of arousal, waking up briefly to eat or drink before returning to their slumber. Others, like groundhogs, sleep straight through to the winter, relying solely on their stored energy. While hibernation is an incredible adaptation, it's not for everyone. Animals that rely on constant access to food or who can't regulate body temperatures simply can't afford this deep sleep. But here's the fun fact. Did you know that there's actually a bird that pulls off a hibernation-like trick? So, meet the common poorwill, a nocturnal insectivore found in the American Southwest. While insects become scarce in winter, these remarkable birds enter a stage of torpor, lowering their body temperature and metabolic rate for days, even weeks at a time. So, while not technically true hibernation, it is an impressive strategy for a feathered friend. Unlike mammals, like bears or groundhogs, the poor wolf's body temperature doesn't plummet as dramatically. It dips about 5 to 10 degrees, which is still significant, but not technically true hibernation. It's also not 
Um, and while the metabolism does slow down, it's not a crawl like a true hibernator. Imagine hitting the snooze button instead of going into full sleep mode. And there's another key difference, and that's duration. A poor will's torpor session will is like power naps compared to hibernation's long snooze. They typically last just a few days to a few weeks, depending on how scarce insects are. So it's a flexible strategy depending on the situation. Whether it's bears snoozing in dens, uh, butterflies dancing across prairies, or even birds mastering the art of a chilled, winter survival in the animal kingdom is a fascinating story of adaptation and, again, resilience. It reminds us that nature is full of surprises, and even the smallest creatures possess extraordinary abilities to thrive in the face of challenging environments. So we've met three incredible winter warriors in the wood frog, the monarch butterfly, and our hibernating mammal, and even a bonus feathery friend as well. They've each developed unique strategies to survive harsh realities of winter, but let's take a step back and compare these approaches. The wood frog takes the freeze and survive route, pushing the boundaries of biology by literally turning itself into a living popsicle. This strategy works well in its specific environment, but requires unique adaptations like antifreeze. Imagine trying that in the desert, for example. The monarch butterfly embodies the power of cooperation and migration. Its multi-generational journey is a marvel of cooperation, or coordination rather, and navigation, showcasing the benefits of working together. However, this strategy relies heavily on specific habitats and faces increasing threats from human activity. Then there's our hibernating mammal. Whether a bear or a groundhog demonstrates the art of metabolic efficiency. By slowing down everything, they conserve energy and weather the winter like a champ. But this deep sleep comes with risks, like vulnerability to predators during brief arousals. The common poor wool throws us a curveball, showing us that even birds can adopt hibernation-like strategies. This highlights incredible diversity of adaptations at play, even within different mammal groups, or rather animal groups. Now, our spotlight has shone, shone light on some incredible winter warriors, but the animal kingdom survival strategies are as diverse as the snowflake buffet. So let's peek beyond the usual suspects and discover some lesser known adaptations. Imagine this. You're an arctic hare, perfectly camouflaged against the snow with your white fur. But winter brings a challenge, and the snow melts, revealing your fur like a, um, like a neon sign to predators. So, enter your secret weapon. A summer wardrobe. During warmer months, your fur magically changes to a brownish-gray, blending seamlessly in with the changing landscape. Next, meet the woodchuck renowned for its cozy hibernation den, but before burrowing in, it performs a surprising task. It plugs the burrow at entrance with dirt, leaves, and even its own feces. This hibernation plug isn't just messy, it's strategic. It insulates the den, keeps predators at bay, and even deters parasites. And finally, while not exactly winter survival, it's still cold water survival. So let's dive underwater with the ice fish, a creature from the icy depths of Antarctica. Unlike most fish, its blood lacks hemoglobin, the molecule responsible for carrying oxygen. This means that its blood is actually clear. 
But wait, how does it survive without oxygen? And the answer lies in the fact that the fish has no scales. Would help. This helps it, um, makes it easier for oxygen to reach the cells through other ways, like diffusion. Now that's some seriously cool adaptation. So we've explored some amazing winter survival strategies. But before we go, let's address some common myths floating around, like snowflakes in a blizzard. Buckle up, because we're debunking some popular misconceptions and setting the record straight. Bears sleep through winter. While bears do enter a state of hibernation with lowered body temperature and metabolic rates, they're not completely comatose. They may wake up briefly to drink snow or munch on stored reserves, ensuring that they have enough energy to last through the entire season. So no hibernating bear picnics, but they're not completely out of commission either. So if you go into the wilderness, always be aware. While some bat species, another myth is bats hibernate upside down, clinging to cave ceilings. While some bat species do hibernate in caves, they don't necessarily hang upside down all the time. They can also roost in trees, buildings, and even mine shafts, seeking warm microclimates to conserve energy. So if you see a bat nestled somewhere cozy, don't worry, it's not playing dead. The question is though, if it's alone, because if it's alone, then you might need to um, contact your local wildlife rehab center. It's there's every chance that the bat has white uh, white nose syndrome, so you don't want to touch it if possible. But you can contact someone who might be a bit more knowledgeable. If you're interested in bats, we do have an episode on that from season two. Go have a look at biomedia.org, and you can find all of our episodes. Now, these are just a few examples, but the point is the animal kingdom is full of surprises, and sometimes what we think we know is only half the story. So keep an open mind and remember, when it comes to winter survival, nature is always a step ahead. Ultimately, there is no single best winter survival strategy. Each approach has its advantages and disadvantages, tailored to the specific challenges and opportunities of each animal's environment and lifestyle. What's truly remarkable is sheer ingenuity displayed by these creatures and by nature, reminding us of the amazing diversity and adaptability of life on Earth. Well, I think we'll end this episode there. If you want more wildlife content, be sure to check out our website at biomedia.org and consider signing up for our free newsletter. Or... If you want to get involved in conservation, become a member. 100% of all profits go towards saving species on the brink of extinction. There will be a lot more content in a community of like-minded zoology enthusiasts on there as well as giveaways, photos and contests and expert Q&As. So there's a lot of new things this season, so be sure to stick around and follow us on social media at biome.media. And don't forget, we love hearing from you, so please do keep in touch. For now, though, we will be back in two weeks with episode four, I guess. Until next time, remember to always ask questions.